Welcome to the first episode of the Ranked Podcast. My name is Manali Hanumsager, and I am your host. Um, for those of you who don't know what Ranked is, so the Ranked Podcast is all about talking to Black, Indigenous, women of color leaders in the workforce, and really finding out the question, how did I get here? Um, to really help inform other Black, Indigenous, women of color that want to, you know, kind of know more and really eliminate the knowledge barrier when it comes to how does a leader get to where they are, what steps have they taken, what tips do they, you know, have to share, really all of those things so we can just help each other. So with that being said, I'm really excited to announce our first podcast guest, Kimberly Buenoshodek of Buenoshodek Consulting. Give it up. Okay, so a little bit of a background. Um, Kimberly is an award-winning CEO and founder of Buena Shona Consulting. Um, Buena Shona Consulting is an agency that helps people land jobs or start businesses. Um, and with over six years of coaching, Kimberly is on a personal mission to help people build multiple streams of income and level up their career. Um, and is one of my best friends, coincidentally. So. Oh, what? <laughs> um, BFF. Yes. Okay. Hi, Kimberly. How are you today? Hi, Molly. I'm doing so well today, especially since I get to see your beautiful face. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm really excited to talk to you today about knowing your worth as a Black, Indigenous woman of color leader in the workforce and having a multifaceted career while owning your own business. I know you do a lot. You're always, you know, you're always doing something, right? And so that's why I'm so, so, um, I like admire you so much because you're always trying to learn something new. You're always trying to help other people. Um, so I'm super excited to kind of like know more about your, you know, career and background personally as well. Um, so let's get Let's get started. Let's uh, dive right uh -huh. in. So in your own words, tell me a little bit about who are you and what things about yourself or what achievements or accomplishments that you've done in your past um, do you want to share that you think can help other people as well? Yeah, definitely. Um, so I guess I'll just like do my little elevator pitch that I do right before yeah, I do yeah. coaching calls. So I always tell people that um, I am a coach of uh, six years plus with a corporate background in HR at finance and tech companies. So I started my career um, at a Japanese bank in Midtown Manhattan as a receptionist, then became kind of like a receptionist recruiter for the company. And then I um, basically did the opposite at, to, at a different company, um, a hedge fund, doing all the terminations, investigations, grievances, um, literally the person that has to like fire people. So mm -hmm. I had to like, I basically got to know a lot about HR and like the whole employee life cycle. Then I left and I started my own like pet care business for a couple of years. Um, that did really well. We scaled the company to 140K, had a team of oh, five yeah. people. And um, I won Best 50 Women in Business by NJ Biz because this was based in New Jersey. And then um, I had also then started my consulting firm 
because the pandemic hit. Yeah. So the pandemic hit literally wiped out our business because it was a pet care business and also an e-commerce business. So right. that was a very depressing time. Right. Um, I mean, so one quick question there is like yeah. when the pandemic hit um, and your business was essentially had to be put on pause and hold. Um, I'm sure a lot of other people felt the same and there was a lot of like uncertainty and a lot of like, you know, stress. So when that happened to you, it, was there anything that like you did specifically to cope or like, is, are there any tips that you would give anyone else who maybe, you know, their business still hasn't bounced back from that kind of, um, that like hit initially? Yeah, that's a good question. So initially when it all happened, I was definitely incredibly depressed. I did not leave my bed for like a good two weeks. And then I had to like, I found myself like in a situation where I'm like, okay, I have to go up, get out, get out of bed and do something. So I kind of like tested a few things. Um, one being um, starting my consulting firm. And so that started out by literally uh partnering with nonprofits and public libraries and delivering like career development stuff because a lot of people were asking about like how do I find a job a lot of right. our clients literally got laid off because of the pandemic so I was taking what I know from HR and like helping people in that fashion now because I was starting out like I was literally making nothing so I started off volunteering it and then I and then I slowly started making some some amount of income but um, this is where I kind of like did a few little things. Like I literally was, uh, we had our e-commerce business that was actually doing kind of like keeping us afloat. So I had like, um, we, I literally went on like Instagram and like showcasing like our product and like trying to use social media as a platform to like get more purchases online. Right. And then I also tried like Twitch streaming that was kind of like a thing for a little bit. Um, and then I also like literally picked up a job at a retail store because I was like trying to figure out like how can I elevate my e-commerce business? So the best way to do that is to like work for a company that already has a retail store and also has an online shop. So I worked there for like a couple months to kind of figure out how they're approaching it. And then, but what ended up happening is like, my consulting business ended up growing so that was kind of like where i spent more time so i honestly think like it's a lot of trial and error but the but the biggest thing is to like really identify like are you solving a problem yeah. because if you're not solving a problem that's a widespread problem or at least like a big community has the same issue you're, you're really not going to find any traction traction with it at least immediately um I think the only one of the biggest reasons why my consulting firm did well was because a lot of these public libraries and nonprofits didn't have anyone to partner with on like how to write a resume, how to how to mm. write a cover letter, um, how do you have conversations with your manager, or how do you handle a mock interview? Um, so like when I saw that that was a need, I literally ended up partnering with like one public library in New Jersey, and then ended up being like the go-to person for all these other public libraries in New Jersey. So it's kind of a lot, a lot, a lot of it's based upon like, are you solving a problem? Do a lot of people think that this is a problem? And can you make sure that 
you're reach you're actually finding these these people who think it's a problem and they like are able to communicate with you or like see you um so that's kind of like the lessons i've learned is definitely a lot of trial and error but really making sure that each each trial is surrounded by like is this a problem are you solving this problem right okay got it and then i love that one more thing that i heard in that statement or like that story was that um there's a really big misconception that people get to where they are just like automatically and overnight and there's no like like they weren't you know sad they just got here and like all these things but i just want to call out that that is the complete opposite of the truth for like 99.9 percent of people unless you're like fucking Oops, drop that bump. Unless you are like, you know what, we're just gonna go with it. Unless yeah. you're like Paris Hilton, who was like born into wealth or something, like yeah. things are not gonna automatically happen. And I think like one of the biggest things with like LinkedIn that I see is that people that I'm also sometimes under the impression that this leader got to where they are because like they automatically had like x y and z and they were like handed stuff and whatever but a lot of the times the the back work that's going on of people like actually putting in the work to get to where they are it's not shown so i also want to dispel any myth that like oh you know my you know my like specific um brand or company was affected by x y and z but hey guess what i got like one investor or i got like one thing overnight and now look at where i am that's never that's never ever the case so just anyone who's listening just don't fall into that trap because that's like a very deadly mental trap to go down especially yeah. with someone who also struggles with comparing my own achievements to other people it's kind of oh, like yeah. a struggle <laughs> it, it's honestly so bad because i remember when um the pandemic was happening i just saw a bunch of people thriving on linkedin mm-hmm. and i was like all right clearly i'm like a failure but the way that i'm kind of trying at least trying now to look at it is um people who are sharing their successes typically oftentimes like they don't feel like they need to share like what the trials and errors or their failures were beforehand and i've also seen that the faster you reach success the harder you fall so i'm kind of trying to tell myself like you know it's it's fine if i'm not where i want to be today because that only means like I have a lot to learn and I can like, I'll get there soon and I'll feel a lot more better about, you know, how I'm getting there. It's a lot more sustainable and it's the success is going to be more stable versus like, you know, immediate high and not being able to sustain that and scale it the way that it should be. So um, that's kind of like how I'm trying to tell myself. Yeah. I I completely agree with that. And I also want to bring up like, I don't know if you remember this, but a couple months ago, um, we were talking about Forbes 30 under 30 list and how deadly of a mental trap that was like, I just want to say like, when I see people go on Forbes 30 under 30, like, obviously, it's fabulous, good for them. But Mm -hmm. I'm automatically like, I'm I'm 28 years old. Like, 
I have two years to get on Forbes 30. Yeah. And you know, like the, the, the timeline that starts ticking in your head. Oh my God. I've never, I, every, every single year that the Forbes 30 into 30 list comes out, I'm kind of like, I fall into like a trap of like slight depression for like two days because I'm like, what the yeah. fuck am I doing? But then it just because like, I, you know, yeah. I mean, I'm assuming you apply because I apply every time. I, I apply every time. But I oh, well, girl, you need to I apply. Know. I know, what but I heck? have like imposters. I'm like, no one cares. Oh, no, like, girl, you no need to apply. Yeah. Okay. Okay. First off, for those that are listening, I like recently found out about this. I thought Forbes 30 under 30 was like, oh, these are the people that they hand selected. Mm -hmm. But that's not the case. They literally paid for those yeah. seats. Like yeah. they're literally paying for their seats. And I was like, when I found out about this, I was like, wow. First off, I'm willing to pay for it. I'm happy to pay yeah. for it. I, I want that. <laughs> but like I had always had this thought that like it was something that was unpaid, like just completely hand selected. There's no like, I, I guess like there was no like um there's no benefit for someone to like try to get on it because it's all genuine at least yeah. that's what i thought but that's not the case like you literally are paying for this spot so yeah. it's like i mean if you have the money and you're you know you get you have the right pr team i guess like you know you can get the spot i mean obviously i want the right pr team I'm yeah not, i mean I yeah honest, like Absolutely. it's just so it's like how how i just found out about this recently and it's like the fact that this affects us so much i think is very interesting because you know it you it's not why i don't think it's widely known that people pay for this spot yeah so yeah App, yeah 100%. And I think that also links back to like being, you know, a leader of color in the workplace is like, I always admire, you know, all of these leaders who are women of color. And like, I'm like, how did you get here? What did you do? Like, and then I see that they're Forbes 30 into 30. And I'm like, Oh, my God, you know, so there's all these like acclamations. Um, acclamations that's definitely not the word that i'm looking for there's all these accreditations that people yeah. have um so since we are trying to focus on like knowing your worth as a black indigenous woman of color leader in the workforce do you have any like tips or do you want to share any personal experiences that maybe like you faced or um things that you know did kind of make you doubt maybe you know your your worth from time to time but then how did you kind of like pull yourself back up if you've kind of faced those self-doubts of you know do I have enough experience do I you know need this role do I deserve this and you know I'm sure there's plenty of other women of color who are experiencing the same issues in their workforce or in their workplace so is there anything that you want to share with them yeah, I mean, I can definitely recall this one instance for this um, organization that I was working with. Um, I was in love with, you know, the people and stuff like that, but um, I was definitely getting underpaid. That mm -hmm. I was definitely not getting paid what I was worth. And I had thought that if I stayed longer, you know, there are these things that I can get, like a, a higher pay, a better title, I can be more of a leader in the organization. And unfortunately, that just didn't pan out. And I think it was like a lot of like empty promises. And there's a, 
I think, a limit to what I am willing to compromise on. Um, and for me, it's, you know, I'm giving everything that I can give to an organization or to a client. But if I feel that I'm not, you know, getting paid what I'm worth, when I know that there are other people, uh, particularly white people getting paid more than me for, you know, doing less work than I am, I was doing at the time. I think that that's a sign for me to like, you know, find a different company. So I personally, one tip I have is like, if you know that you're putting a lot of work in, putting energy into building a company or an organization, um, and you're finding that you're not, uh, you know, being valued at the company, I think that's a time for you to kind of evaluate, is this the right company for, for you? Um, and I think I'm, as a career coach, I'm always an advocate for constantly interviewing. Even if you're not trying to find a job, I think that just practicing your interviewing skills, knowing what the market is out there for like someone who's doing your job is really important. That's how you know if you're getting paid competitively. That's how you know if you know, you're getting underpaid significantly. So um, I always think that it's like re a really good tip. In fact, like I think it was at my first job, someone, some white um, uh, man who was in leadership told me to like continuously interview at these other companies to, to right. know what I'm worth. So I think um, the two tips, or I guess three tips is basically um, as soon as you feel like you're not being valued, reevaluate if you want to be at that company. Tip number two is if you decide that that's not the company you want to be with, um, start interviewing at other other companies, start looking at their jobs just to assess like what is out there. And then three, even if you do get your next job and you love it there, still you know continue to interview at other companies um, just to like make sure that you are. Um, still being paid competitively even if the market changes like right now a lot of people are getting paid significantly right under because of inflation so it's just always good to like have this under your belt and something that i i personally am trying to kind of wrap my head around as someone who is um you know even though i'm a career coach i also want to have like a um a, a good career at a, a bigger company is um like the, your job it shouldn't be everything. And I think that's something yeah. that I have like struggles with. So being able to kind of like know that this is just something, this is like just a stepping stone. Your company and your job, your current job right now is a stepping stone to something greater. And kind of like, kind of like reminding yourself that I think is, is really important and can kind of help you in the workforce because when you're not so attached or you don't significantly identify with your job, you kind of have like the upper hand. Right, yeah. kind of like easily change jobs, not feel so, um, you know, uh, feel like you can't share your thoughts, especially if you're having one-on-ones with your manager, um, and you're able to kind of be able to know your worth a little bit better because you're not like 100% um, aligned that your identity is your job. So yeah. um, those are just like a kind of kind of a few things that I would say are some tips. Got it. That's. Those are really, really good tips. Um, one kind of like follow-up question I had to that was, or maybe not a follow-up question, but like a next thought that's relating is like, um, how do you prioritize your time when you are doing different uh, things for your career, but you also don't wanna make it 
your life per se. So like, for example, I know that you're like, um, you're, you know, an entrepreneur, you're a career and business coach, you know, you are like a Google ambassador. Like how, how do you juggle all these and how do you prioritize while like not making it your identity per se? And like, and if people are, if that's like what really makes you happy, that's great. But for, for other, or maybe for yourself and other people or anyone who's listening, that doesn't necessarily want to make that their identity, but they do want to have like different things going for them. Do you have any like tips or tricks of like, how do you prioritize your time without like falling into this like funnel of stress and like anxiety and thinking that you're not doing enough? Yeah. I mean, I struggle with this a lot. I, I actually think I might have like ADD or something because I end up doing a lot of things and then take a while to like actually follow through with it. Um, but something that I have kind of like relearned about myself, I guess, is that I do best when I have like a very consistent and strict schedule. So I'm more likely to complete things and like follow through with things when I know if I like heavily use my Google calendar Ooh. and like make sure that I like, you know, have meetings set up for myself when I have like nothing set up which is kind of like the current situation I'm at, I, I'm in because I was part of like a recent layoff. Um, I easily found out that it was not good for my mental health to just yeah. like have open free time. So I really tried to like use my Google calendar. And then also I tried to like uh, write down my priorities every single time I feel anxious. So I review my list of priorities that I had written like last week and just see if I'm still on track with that. And then I'm constantly doing check-ins with myself. So I ask myself, like, is this what I want to work on? And if so, like, what's the end goal? So right. um, one of the things that I have been trying to do is kind of get like these certifications and like actually complete the certifications. And that's like really hard because you have to study. And sometimes my brain just doesn't want to study. but like I know that if I get the certification, I'm I'm more likely to have um like my ask to get paid more is more validated because I have this right. So if my end goal is to get more money, then I have to make sure that I actually follow through with it. So kind of like asking yourself constantly, like what is my end goal or like what do I want to achieve? And if that's like, you know, a higher job title, like kind of use like I like to call it like reverse engineering and say yeah. like okay what do you need to do in order to get there and how can you make sure you stay on top of it and for me it's a google calendar for some people it might be a planner for some people it might just be like having a to-do list but whatever you can do to keep yourself accountable um is something that's like really important and if you need a friend I think that's also helpful too um you know kind of just letting your friend say like hey can you like check in with me a couple times to like make sure I'm mm -hmm. I'm staying on track I know that's worked for a few people um it's just a matter of like what works best and then this is where trial and error really helps because you just don't know if you're going to work well with a google calendar you don't know if you're going to work well with a planner but you know just trying a bunch of different things and seeing what clicks or what actually gets you closer to your goal is the best way to figure out how you can keep yourself accountable right okay i absolutely love that and i like i think also i'm a definite like gcal girl 
I'm like, put it on my calendar or else I'm going to forget kind of thing. Yeah. So, same. Yeah. We literally have our social stuff on our calendar now because I, I'm the exact same way. I started forgetting things and I'm like, oh crap. Like, you know what? I'm just going to start putting um, my social stuff on my, on my calendar. But I know someone who actually literally has a work calendar and like a separate so she called it like a social count, like a family social calendar. And I was like, all right, she's like a whole nother level of like, <laughs> like organization. And on top of things, like I actually went to her place and like her and her partner literally have like to-do lists on the refrigerator. Like oh what you'd gosh. see in like the movies, right? Like you'd see like yeah. people with a to-do list. Like she's actually living, you know, like this whole organized life where they have chores and their names are on it and like they have checklists and I'm just like this is this is oh. what I strive to be but not currently <laughs> <laughs> yeah same that is like everything that I've ever wanted to be but I'm not like organized enough to even <laughs> yeah, achieve same. anything <laughs> oh my gosh wow I yeah I don't think you want to do that <laughs> but also yes like I thrive off of our like G calendar invites is because like I I have literally set calendar invites for things in like September. <laughs> I'm like, don't forget. Yeah. No, seriously. But obviously, sometimes when she sends out these GCAL calendar invites, uh, GCAL, GCAL invites, um, there's one in particular that made me cry. So, like, sometimes oh. it's a good thing. Sometimes it's like, you know, you get a little bit emotional because you're like, oh my God, yeah. we have to look forward to this. But it's, it's really good to have at least if you're like someone who doesn't use GCAL. And you use like, I don't know what other type of calendars are there out there. Um, Outlook. <laughs> Outlook. Uh, okay. Does anyone casually use Outlook like that? Like, oh my God. Yeah. Like, the that's a good question. I think that that's like a whole other Okay. <laughs> I actually saw teams that were kind of going off track here. But yeah. Yeah. Go for really it. quickly. Um, so teams, I've heard like, I've used teams only a couple times because yeah. I have a, um, uh, like an actual desktop. and. Um, I have not, I don't use Microsoft Outlook for work, but my partner does. And I like recently saw his like whole like setup with Microsoft Teams or whatever Microsoft uses literally looks like Slack. I don't know if you've seen it. I, I have, but, I've used Teams. Okay. But there's like, I don't even know what it is, but it looks like Slack now. And what? I was like, why does this look like Slack? And he's like, oh, probably because they're, you know. <laughs> Microsoft is trying to like keep up with times or something like that. So, um, yeah, I mean, like, I maybe Outlook is is kind of like, you know, changing and could be like a better tool to use. But yeah, very interesting. Very very interesting. Very interesting. I think I actually think Gmail is trying to be more like Outlook. My my own oh, because I use Outlook and Teams for my like last job and like well. Yeah, for a job in the past. And um, yeah. okay, first of all, I hate teams with a burning passion. <laughs> teams can go somewhere and never come back, in my opinion. Outlook, <laughs> however, was a really good tool for like mm. business stuff. Like out if Outlook's like organizational I'm, capabilities, I mean, perfect. Like, anyways, I'm very that. much going on on a tangent, but I'm just saying like Outlook over Gmail for business <laughs> stuff personally, <laughs> but Slack over that. Teams and Mac over anything else. But anyways, um, oh. I, I know we're about to I'm anti-Mac. <laughs> 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 
we're about to get into an argument right now over Mac versus Windows. <laughs> That's so funny. Um, okay, well, tangent aside. Um, so what is just really curious, like as a woman of color in the workforce, as a woman of color that, you know, is working on different programs, you know, you're you have your own co like your own like coaching and like consulting business. You've been like an actual, you know, you have like a business business, an actual business in, in Hoboken before. Um, what is just one tip where you can give anyone who's listening today or it could be several tips or just like whatever you want to say um, that can really help them, you know, rank up in their own workforce? Like if if is there anything that you want to tell people that are like, OK, maybe this person's just getting started in their like career Maybe this person's trying to get into like the next level. Maybe they're trying to get into like a senior role or one, whatever. What is one tip that you can tell them that you found that has really helped you? Because you do so many things. You're so talented. Um, you've been at amazing, great companies. What is one thing that you've noticed that you can like just pass on to the next kind of like listeners here? Yeah, I think a couple things. One Definitely build up yourself a portfolio. If you, I can't stress how many times I've talked to clients and I've encouraged them to build, whether it's a personal website or literally just like a portfolio on like GitHub or whatever, whatever free website alternatives there are out there and working on side projects. So it's great to like work on what your current company is asking you to work on, but to really develop your skills um this is where side projects can really come into hand uh come into play and another tip i would say is um i'm a huge believer in like salary transparency and i think like the more you can talk to your peers about how much you're getting paid that's how you can kind of help close the pay gap i actually did this with uh one of my clients where i made it very clear like I wanted to know how much this person was making because they were basically a, a white male, but my peer. And um, I asked, I asked someone who was an attorney and was a close friend of mine, and and had worked at the company as well. And they basically told me like, yeah, I'm getting underpaid. So, like when you're kind of talking more about salary with your peers, that's kind of like where you can help each other out and like yeah. make sure that you are all getting paid um, fairly and. Um, you know, you're able to kind of help push uh, and close the pay gap there. Another another tip I would say is um, I I would definitely say like have a good strong group of friends or network where you can really talk to about like your work issues. I think like keeping them bottled up to yourself and like you know I used to rely on my partner a lot and like would kind of like talk about like things that are going on. Um, I feel like you can definitely talk to your partner, but like having only one person is probably not the best for your relationship, nor is it like healthy to just talk to one person. I think having like diverse thought in like how other people approach things and like, is this, and kind of just having like a check, like, you know, is this something that you're actually overreacting to? Or is this something like, yeah, you should be legitimately upset about, or is it something like, yeah, you should actually be upset about, but you're not upset about right. it. So, um, <laughs> I think like, you know, having a good, strong group of people, a support group or like group of friends that you can kind of like talk 
to about these things is really helpful. And if you don't have, or if you think that you don't have any friends, um, this is where like, there's tons of Slack network groups now yeah. and like online community groups literally focused on like supporting and empowering like uh, BIPOC um, and like women of color. And I think like those are really good spaces to kind of like talk about what's going on and even potentially find like your new job. So I think those are kind of like a couple of things that I would um, provide as tips for um, anyone listening. Yeah, amazing. and if you, any of this was valuable please just share it to a friend just text it to a friend and say hey you should listen um that's yeah. kind of how these things help others so until next time <laughs>